Happy Sunday, my lovely congregation, and welcome back to Pussy Church. This is Lara, an erotica writer and the creator of Tales of Lara, which you can find at talesoflara.com and at Tales of Lara on Instagram. And today we are back with a deep dive into the spectrum of sexuality the different types of sexuality, and how to better understand yourself. Today's episode is sponsored by Pure, the shameless dating app. Pure experiences dirty minds. You can find them in the App Store at the Google Play Store and on IG at the Pure app. Find out more about their sexy dating platform and why it had me screaming, Amen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Pussy Church. Pussy Church. And who am I here with today? Aquaman. Aquaman is back. Hello. Hello. What's so good to have you back at church? Thank you so much for having me. Two weeks in a row doing Sunday Mass with you. It's the December winter, you know? It's that time to come in the church and get warm and moist. (laughs) Blessed be the pussy. He has risen. (laughs) May she open to your touch. Amen. Amen. We're back at church and today we have an episode full of goodies for you. Oh yeah, very juicy. Um, So I'm excited. But first Mm -hmm. we always start with what's new. Mm -hmm. So what's new? What's new, Aquaman? What's new? Um, In your sex life, obviously, you know. I mean, sex life. Um, I mean, sex life is, is definitely uh, becoming a very broad term. I think we, uh, myself, explore the definition of it. I don't know. I find myself like, I mean, I'm seeing a partner. And um, like last weekend, we had sex like about six times on a Saturday or something like that. Very nice. Like she squirted like five, six times, orgasm multiple times. God essentially lost it. count. But one thing that I noticed is that is great is, I mean, I, I'm the kind of lover who likes to have sex wherever, whenever. Mm-hmm. But there's Same. something about having a nice, comfortable bed that just makes it that much better. <laughs> and I'm finding myself like, yeah, we could go outside, go on a joyride or go to the beach and fool around, you know. But, you know, the bed's nice, too, you know. We're getting old. We're getting old, <laughs> I guess, right? My back's hurting. I need a bed. No, no but I want to lay down after. But I think yeah. with a partner, it really does change, right? Um, I yeah. think having multiple partner and um, having casual sex is obviously a very different thing than um, being in a monogamous relationship let's yeah. let's be honest yeah within that monogamous relationship so many incredible things also sexually can happen i think but it's definitely a different approach to it and the deeper mm-hmm. you get mm-hmm. with your partner i think the sex gets better but it's very different it's a little less novelty based i think and more emotionally based I agree. And I think there's this misconception that if you're in a monogamous relationship, and let's say you're not, quote unquote, uh, adventurous as you were like when you were first dating, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's getting worse or getting slower. I think there's just another, you're still on the journey and you're still on the road trip. It just, you're heading in a different road, but that road is also beautiful and majestic in its own way. Like it's, yes. a, it's just a different kind of connection. And with perspective, I think we can all gain a lot from that change because you could always make it exciting, right? No matter yes, that's how, true. 
Yeah, no matter how. So when you live with a partner, right, the reality yeah. of your sex life is just a little bit of a different one. You'll have sure. sex probably every day. Okay. But you know, normal life also will be part of your relationship, right? Often with casual sex, you don't know much about that partner's life or details of it, right? Yeah. In day to day. So that's probably not going to be much part of your relationship. Yes, I agree. But clearly, you know, it's being stressed at work, having family issues, all these things are coming in. You're supporting your partner and the partner is supporting you, ideally. But also your sex life will be fluctuating depending on the things that are happening around the two of you. Absolutely. I think it's just it's it, the, the, the key word here is adapting and finding mm. the best that you can within those shift and high changes because, you know, I mean, it's not like with every partner it's always a sex marathon or it's always uh, a day-to-day -day thing but i always try to keep it consistent i think like with my recent partner i think most of the time whenever we see each other we have a very active sexual engagement uh despite the scenario might be of of what's going on that day or how much time we have to see each other mm -hmm. i think there's always a way to uh make it exciting even if it's a quickie even if it's just touching even if it's just you know whatever there's so many ways you can engage in sexual like happiness and yeah. explore that and make it work within the confines that you know you're dealing with because it doesn't have to be a no or everything you know it's interesting because i think often we get questions on this podcast and i think really in the end it is the most asked question apart from technicalities right or like how to blow somebody or how to make somebody squirt squirt yeah. I, yeah the most asked question <laughs> is really how to keep the fire burning and i think yeah. that is so interesting um yes because my fire, for example, is burning inside of me constantly. So mm. in that sense, I'm a, I'm a partner, right, that wants a lot of sex sure. and um, is ready to have sex most of, of course. the time, you know, mm -hmm. that poses a challenge and it's a gift. The gift is that my libido is high, so it's never going to be about me not wanting you, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the challenge is that I want it a lot. So your libido has to kind of be on par or at least close to mine. Otherwise, yeah. it might start, it could start to stress out a partner. <laughs> yeah, it becomes about, you know, us being caught up in like, is it something else going on? And mm -hmm. but I mean, from your experience, do you find a lot of men don't match your libido? Like, or do you find that most of them tend to because men are just like, yeah, let's do it whenever kind of thing? You know, I mean, so many different uh, experiences in that direction. But I would say, I mean, I've gotten the, the the comment, wow, you want more sex than most women I've met in my life before. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Often. <laughs> yeah. And I think there is some excitement to match it, right? Sure. Um, because I do think that there is not just has nothing to do with me personally, I would think. But like, I think in general... There's quite a few people, or cis males that I've met, um, that talk about feeling a bit bad sometimes that they want more sex than their partners. Yeah, that's. I would imagine that's more common. I don't think. I think. Which is, men, but that yeah. has something. This is why this podcast really exists. That has something to do with women, especially straight women, 
well, mainly straight women, really, straight cis women being unsatisfied with the status quo of what normal sex is in our society. Sure. And that's why they don't want that much sex, I think. Well, let's not also <laughs> ignore that the percentile of men that really put time into oral sex on their cis partner woman is very low. Like exactly that, that, that's, <laughs> that's like a point, major right? turnoff right i mean it's like to her it's like yeah well we're gonna do the same thing you know i'm gonna have to like suck his dick for a while and then you know when it comes up for him to go down on me it's gonna be 10 seconds and he's just gonna go straight in and but you know and then again, it's, it's over it's five minutes later yeah exactly but it's like communication right like because yeah. i mean if you're if you're if you're in with someone for the long haul i think communication is more vital than ever because your life plays your life outside of sex plays a part and affects your yes. sexual dynamic you know and yeah it's it's important to have that window available always because it shouldn't be oh i don't want to talk about it or deal with it so i don't want to have sex you know yes yeah. yeah and i think that's the thing i mean if you right and it's also okay to be to to say to your partner listen i'm I'm feeling so stressed at the moment. And when I'm stressed, going back to our turn-offs and turn-ons, right? Mm -hmm. When I'm stressed, I just don't feel like having sex, right? True. Okay. Yeah. Then let's find some ways to de-stress you. And on, sex is a good on, one. <laughs> on the Exactly. On the weekend, maybe. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Just find, find ways to also be accepting and open yeah. with somebody else's reality, right? Yes, because yes. not everybody needs as much sex as I do. It is what it True. is. It and doesn't mean... Fine. Yeah, and that's fine. Exactly. And that's, that's fine. fine. I think that's the big thing. It's it, like, it should be fine. I understand it could be frustrating for some people like us that have a very <laughs> high libido. Like if I... It, Look, like for me, even with a partner, not just a casual partner, I like to fuck to the point that I get raw and I can't fuck anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I enjoy that sensation of getting to a point where I like, if I get hard, it's going to hurt. And if if there's friction, it's going to irritate whatever. Like like you're like raw and tired and almost like beat up. I, I enjoy that. I think it's like yeah. a good workout. And I feel like I did a good job working out this weekend. Like I put in, I put in a lot of time. So I know, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I think there's ways to make it work. You know, I think yeah. there's ways to make it work. I think so too. And you know, listen. I mean, even though I have a a really active sex life, I still, when my partner leaves the house, sometimes I masturbate. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I have, you know, I have some time to myself. Like now, I'm gonna do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So clearly there's ways to take care of yourself as well. Sure. This podcast is full to the brim with ideas of what to do with your partner and how to expand your sex life, exactly. right? This is what this is all about. Go listen at all these episodes, but we have so many tips and different ways of doing it. Yes. But in general, I always love to hear from you guys and let us know a little bit what your challenges are um, with or without a partner. Um, and what do you do or what you did before in the past to resolve those yeah how do you keep the flame alive like we want to know like especially if you're in a long-term relationship like how do you keep it going and what shifts yeah happened and that mm -hmm. led to that you know resolution or journey essentially totally super yeah. exciting stuff i want to you know i mean what if we ever get into this position and we also need some help <laughs> yeah we might have to ask you guys <laughs> do you love us? this we like have a podcast <laughs> where we basically help people um keep yeah. the flame alive and we're like well so 
in case ours ever dies down. What do you yeah. guys do? Who do we call? Who do we? <laughs> yeah. Who do we reach out to? Oh my god. Well, it's the experience. You know, we have the experience in a lot of ways too. Yeah. I've been in the trenches enough. I feel <laughs> in the trenches. It is the trenches. It gets to be that way sometimes. What? Figuratively and metaphorically. Uh, I mean, to, definitely to, been in the trenches, if this is yeah, what we call it. Yeah. Exactly. To uh, yeah, yeah. gather that sort of wisdom in a lot of ways. So. <laughs> I love that this is like being a slut is now translated into like being in the trenches yes. and gathered a lot of wisdom. <laughs> yes. I mean, a slut also needs wisdom. It's true. You don't want Absolutely. to be an unwise slut. Come on. No, like, we are you know. wise sluts. Yeah. Definitely. And now, and now we're going to go to the gospel. Oh. <laughs> and gospel is sex news. And today we're going to talk about the spectrum of sexuality, mm. the different types of sexuality, identity, and how to better understand yourself. That was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Oh my god. I was gargling on that for a second. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, yeah, so we're really going to talk about the the sexuality spectrum okay. um today. And so that idea refers to um people's sexual identities and orientations mm-hmm. and that those are complex and resist easy classification. Oh right? my. Mm-hmm. So instead of offering people just a choice between either homosexuality or heterosexuality, Mm-hmm. The spectrum provides like a way of talking about sexuality in terms of many possibilities. Awesome. awesome. Are we going to find out our spectrums too? We are. I mean, just so everybody knows, we haven't done it. Like, this is live. We're going <laughs> to, this is how we like to do it. We like to be surprised ourselves. Ourselves. Well, we haven't done it, but I mean, I don't think it's going to be extremely surprising since we talk about our sexualities like every week, (laughs) me every day. So I don't think I'm going to be super surprised, but definitely we're going to do a little quiz on our Mm -hmm. own that everyone can do with us. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to talk about the three most common scales um, that try to help you find where you lie on the spectrum. Okay. Um, and then we're going to talk about the ABC of terms. Okay. Terms that describe sexual attraction, behavior, or orientation. So yeah. people have a little bit more of an idea where they fall with um, terms that already have been, you know, invented. Sure. Clearly, glossary kind of thing, yeah. Exactly, a glossary. Yeah. And then, last but not least, we're going to give some tips on how to explore your own sexuality in case you're questioning and are not quite sure where you fall. Exactly. The spectrum is going to reveal all. <laughs> this is a, it's a big episode, you guys. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's definitely, it's, this is like the Apocalypse Now Redux version. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, let's start actually with our simple test. There's a questionnaire that I found on, on the sexuality spectrum. Okay. And we're going to do it before we get into the whole depth of what we are going to discuss today. So this is for us. So I'm going to put this online too um, on my Instagram at Tales of Lara, and you can go and do that little quiz for yourself. 
The mm-hmm. first one is gender identity. And this is a spectrum that goes from male to female and in the middle is non-binary. Got it. Where would you place yourself? Male. All the way over to male, All right? the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I'm going to be at female. All the way to the end? All the way to the end, baby. I'm going to take that pussy all the way to the end. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm very hairy, so I cannot escape that spectrum. Let's just be real. It's just talking about spectrum. I mean, I don't know. You can do whatever you want. You know, there's... Sure, sure, sure. That's true. That's true. Um, okay, next one. Gender <laughs> intensity. Okay. On the one end, we have hyper-masculinity. Okay. In the middle is androgynous. And the mm. other end is hyper-feminine. How do you measure that, though? I think this is just more about where you see yourself falling. I guess. I mean, it's hard to answer that one, really, because it's so black and white. And I think it's a mix because we all have a masculine and a feminine side. Well, it is not black and white because there's a whole spectrum. You can place yourself wherever on this line. (laughs) Fine spectrum. Uh, (laughs) I guess uh, more on the hyper masculine side, but leaning towards the... Uh, like not leaning towards the androgynous, but like a couple steps off the hypermasculine, I guess, because I have yeah. a feminine side that I embrace, actually. So, Yeah, I think similar. I think I'll probably place myself in between androgynous and hyperfeminine because yeah. I do think I'm feminine, but I do have also masculine traits, I guess, in like the most traditional sense of looking at these terms. Yes, um, yeah. And I don't really see myself as hyperfeminine. You think I am? I think you could be closer there versus middle between androgynous Mm. and and hyperfeminine. But I don't know. I mean, you you, you know yourself better. But I mean, that's what I guess would be. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have have had this like fantasy or like thought in my mind Uh um, while I was growing up. And like, I think it was only dispelled a few years ago, really. I always okay. thought that I'm just a dress up away from looking like a man. And okay. anybody who have ever told this has said I've lost my mind completely. So like a tomboyish <laughs> kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's more just in my mind. I'm like, I think I have that vibe. Nobody seems to think that. I mean, obviously, I mean, if you listen to this podcast and you follow my account, you've seen my body. I mean, I'm very feminine. Also, people say the way I move and talk and everything is pretty feminine. But in my mind, the way I always thought that I was more androgynous than I'm being perceived as. I agree. I can see that because you're also toned in a way that is defined and and, in a way muscular that uh, besides your feminine energy and your physicality, I think there's also that. So I could definitely see that for sure. Yeah. So that's why I think I that's my gender and intensity, how I perceive it and how others perceive it it seems to be a bit different. Sure. I could see that. Totally. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this, this is actually interesting because I think that's part of the issue with the sexual spectrum, right? Because we are talking quite a bit about um, placing yourself, right? Well, that's why I think that question in particular is a little tricky too. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, We're placing ourselves and you'll hear that when we talk about the scales and the terms. It's more about where you see yourself falling. And True. I think there is a part of like, what do others perceive you as as well? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. Sexual orientation. Straight is on the one end. Bi pansexual is in the middle. And hella gay is at the end. 
the other end. Um, yeah, I'm very straight. <laughs> I think, yeah, I believe so. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I mean, I I'm sound very... like I'm so extreme in a lot of ways based on this test. <laughs> I'm. Yeah, you're yeah. all you're all the way to the left yeah. so far. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm pretty straight. Yeah. You know, sometimes I wish I was more gay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I really I've talked about it quite a lot. I think it'd be really fun. It's yeah. just not quite the, the reality. Um, all right. Next one. Libido mm-hmm. sexual drive. On the one hand is asexual. In the middle is standard. And on the other end of the spectrum is hypersexual. 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 We talked about this. Moving Next. on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Romantic desire. A romantic, interested, hopeless romantic. A romantic. Which is, you're not romantic at all. You at have all. no romantic so it's at all. Aromantic. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interested is kind of like, yeah, maybe, maybe not, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopeless romantic. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm in the middle between interested and hopeless romantic. Nice. Okay. So you have a tendency. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a hopeless romantic. <laughs> I mean, yes, you are. So you're, you're laughing. I'm totally are. I mean, I it's caused yeah, me are. also pain in my life. Like it's yes. ridiculous. Yeah, uh, hopeless, hopeless, I'm romantic, old, hypersexual. <laughs> okay, social intimacy, monogamous on one end, mm-hmm. open in the middle, polyamorous on the other hand. Oof, that's a hard mm. one. That's a hard one. I mean. See, like, I like all those different phases yes. in different times of my life. Yes, same. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I-, I can't say I'm more one or the other, really. It's hard. So I guess I'm in the middle, like, but I am currently more open to monogamy mm-hmm. than, I wa- than I was for a-, a lot more, like, in the past years. So I guess I'm in yeah. the middle. I don't know if I'm talking in general, broad strokes. I mean, I think that's the difficulty. And with the sexuality spectrum, yeah, what we talk about quite a lot and what we'll get into too is that your sexuality and the way you identify it will fluctuate and change throughout your life. So this idea of staying open to your sexuality possibly changing or maybe to the possibility of it never changing, you know what I mean? Um, Sure. That being said, I have a very similar experience when I read this because mainly I would say I fall closer to the monogamous um, side of things in a yeah. sense that when I'm really in love and love a partner, I like a monogamous relationship. I agree. Same here. Yeah. I've also been in open relationships. Yes. But not not really one partner and we both are open and we live together and have a family and a house and then we fuck (laughs) other people as well that's never been my version of it my version was just like having several partners at the same time sure um and other partners sleeping with other people potentially exactly yeah yeah for me it's like phase oriented with that i agree it's timing it's really you're never just one thing i mean i would be more towards monogamy or being more open to monogamy but Mm -hmm. it depends on where you are in life i think that varies it's not it's not absolute yes like being straight by Mm -hmm. you know gay like it's not absolute like that 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think this is what we're going to get into now. There's um, different scales that give you a chance to um, see where you fall on the spectrum, right? And the thing is, they're not black and white. Yeah. These ideas are not black and white. There's really the the, the emphasis is on it being a fluid experience sure. and experiencing different parts of yourself in different parts of your life yeah. or in different times of your life. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Here are the three most common scales. And the first one is the Kinsey scale. We talked about that one or about Kinsey in general on this mm-hmm. podcast quite a bit. But in 1948, Dr. Alfred Kinsey and his research partners published Sexual Behavior in the Human Male. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the first landmark studies that suggested that people didn't fit exclusively into the categories homosexual and heterosexual. Yeah. Right. So they made a scale from zero to seven with zero being exclusively heterosexual and seven being exclusively homosexual. So really on that scale, you were able to rank yourself, right? Sure. That's the only thing it focused on if you're hetero or homosexual. Sure. So in 1978, Fritz Klein published the bisexual option. And that was more like a grid. It wasn't just one line that you went up and down on. It was a grid. And on this grid, you had to rate yourself on seven aspects of sexual orientation and identity. Right? So the different aspects he had was sexual attraction. Are you more attracted to men or women or in between? Sexual behavior, one to seven, right? Mm sexual fantasies, emotional preference, like who are you emotionally inclined to open up more to, right? Mm, mm. So that was that scale. So it went into a broader idea of what sexuality actually means. It's not just, do I want to stick my dick into a vagina or a butt? Or, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Now we're really looking at different aspects of your sexuality within your emotional landscape, within your fantasy landscape, everything. And then a few years later, Michael Storm um, did a sexuality axis, 1981. So it's the first one that included asexuality within your sexual spectrum. That's fascinating. Right? Because I think asexuality, I've been really fascinated by it because it's come up on this podcast several times. Because it's the furthest away from my sexuality. I've only met one person that was asexual. Really? Yeah. Like, it was a friend of a friend of mine. And... We talked about it briefly. Like, I didn't want to get too much into it, but it was very fascinating to me. Like, what did this person say? She's a woman. Um, She doesn't need what she told me at the time. I remember was like, it's like, it's not about there's no need or desire for her to fulfill, you know, having a partner. She doesn't have the need for that in a Mm. lot of ways. It felt like it's also psychologically like present and clear to her that it's not a goal of hers or it's not something that she needs necessarily Mm. because which i think is i mean it's amazing in its own way that you could just be like yeah i don't need a partner i don't need to have sex well so asexuality too though um has a lot of different shades to it true even touching like people (laughs) it really is asexuality can mean quite a lot of things it could mean that you still want to have a partner 
It can actually mean you would like to have a romantic relationship, but not a physical relationship. Yes. Yeah. There's there's even a term that I read about earlier when I was researching this podcast that means that you're asexual, so you don't really have interest in sexual encounters, but you still want to have them from time to time. Oh, interesting. Which okay. I don't understand that one at all. Yeah, that is either. completely confusing to there's me. That's like blurred lines. If yeah. I'm not hungry, but sometimes... I still eat even though I'm not hungry. Maybe that's what it is. Just to feel the sensation or whatever. I have no clue. I'm so confused. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm interested to hear about their orgasms in that time based on that space. Maybe they don't have it, yeah. right? Maybe there's no orgasm. Or maybe there is one that is not really enjoyable. These scales that we just talked about, they've been critiqued and also supplemented in different ways. And um, there's more and more ways of evaluating where you fall right mm-hmm. um but there are tools for understanding yourself exactly. so you're able to articulate it to other people where you fall and what your needs are and you can explore more what that means to you because i think some of the wording is a lot more confined than the actual reality of each yeah. person's unique experience too it mm-hmm. feels like it's trying to be Yes, fluid, but in the same time, it's also like, I mean, asexual, obviously, like you're talking about, it has a wide variety of spectrums. Same with like bisexual, bisexuality. Some people like to be mainly submissive and, you know, with a female partner, but like to be dominant with a male partner. Like, I mean, there's so many grades there for sure. What I always thought was so interesting about labeling yourself something, right? Yeah. If that is your gender or if that's your sexual orientation or behavior... Yeah. For me, I was just like, why do we have all these words? But yeah. really, the problem is that within the sexual realm, there's been so much oppression and prejudice um, that I think it's important to have labels so people understand that there is a spectrum. And True. then hopefully we can pull away from it again at one point and just start communicating with each other and meet each other in different ways without it having to be so rigid on on a spectrum yeah and in a lot of ways it's like yeah food too like you're saying like it's 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 we eat different things and we like to explore different things i mean it's fine if you just primarily want to explore in fish or explore in vegetables but you know i mean yeah. i think that i think that the way we're trying to be more fluid and even with pronouns to to try to expand more on the idea of gender. I think with that still, there's a little bit of confinement in the choice of the term uh, as far as people identifying themselves. Because I think people still explore for years who they are and they might, you know, fall in a different part of the spectrum. Yes, exactly. Like we said, it can change. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's look at these terms really quickly. Okay. Sexuality has to do with the way you identify, right? How you experience sexual and romantic attraction. If sure. you do, mm-hmm. and your interest in and preferences around sexual and romantic relationships and behaviors. Yeah. For example, I identify as a woman, as heterosexual. I experience great romantic attraction. Okay. I um, experience a desire for a lot of sex. <laughs> I'm easily aroused by a specific sexual scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I have behavior and preferences in bed. Sure. So these are all the markers that for, really make up me now, Laura, okay. right? Yeah. 
This yeah. can also change. Like maybe in five years, I'm like, oh, I'm actually bisexual or bi-curious, which we were going to get into in a second. Yeah. So it's more about observing these patterns um, of sexual and romantic attraction and behaviors yeah. over time so you can communicate them. Yeah. We're going to start with androsexual. 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 You have any idea what that is? <laughs> no idea. This is a term used to communicate sexual or romantic attraction to men, males, or masculinity. Okay. By a male counterpart or? By anybody. So I anybody. can say this about myself. I'm I'm actually androsexual. I didn't know okay. this. So, but that doesn't just say I'm only attracted to cis men, but also males and masculinity. That's something I find attractive, maybe even in sure. behavior, right? This could even be if I'm, let's say I'm a bottom lesbian, I guess, <laughs> and I'm attracted to a very masculine, you know, woman, for example. Sure. sure. Yeah. I'm still attracted to masculinity. So, or to somebody who transitioned. The right? form, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the counterpart to that is, I have no clue how to say this, but gin sexual. And how do you that, spell that? G-Y-N-E sexual. Gin sexual, yeah. Gin sexual. And that's a term to communicate sexual romantic attraction to women, females, or femininity. I guess I am gin sexual. You're transsexual, right? And that, again, can include transition people, aspects of a person who just has sure. more feminine traits. Mm -hmm. All right. Interesting, huh? So very, <laughs> we're keeping very. it very open, but we are talking about specific things that attract us, like masculine traits or feminine traits. Yes. The next one is asexual. Asexual identity orientation includes individuals who don't experience sexual attraction to others of any gender. That's what I understood it to be. Yeah. yeah. So there is clearly different shades of it, like we said earlier, yeah. Yeah. but this is basically what asexuality means. Yes. Then we, then we go into by curious. Those are people who are interested in or questioning the idea of exploring bisexuality. Yes. Right. Curious. Just curious at this point. Just then curious. next step is bisexual. <laughs> Which is not curious anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not curious anymore. You took the leap. Um, this is a sexual orientation that describes those who experience sexual, romantic, or emotional attraction to people of more than one gender. Shouldn't that change though now? Because like, I mean, bisexual, I guess, mainly is confined to male or female. So that should be like trisexual, quadrosexual. It's, it's ju it just means to be attracted to people of more than one gender. Okay. Whatever but it's bi. Gender. Bi is usually two. That is true. You're yep. right. We need to come You're up right. with a new term. Yeah. All all sexual. <laughs> all se trisexual because maybe you're attracted to three type of... But there's only gender. three. Well, I think there's... We'll, we'll get or into quad, that. There's pansexual. Yes, um, yes, yes. But um, next one is bi-romantic. Bi-romantic. And that's a romantic attraction to more than one gender. Makes sense. Okay. But that doesn't mean it's sexual. It's just romantic. Sure, sure. Which I really, this this differentiation between romance and sex, I find fascinating. I never really thought it to be that different. Or to be separate like that. Exactly. Yeah. And to be like, maybe I'm just romantically interested in somebody, but not sexually. <clears throat> sure. I find I find interesting. I, sure. 
barely have experienced it like that. But um, yeah, yeah, that's why I find it interesting. Um, next term is closeted and coming out. Okay. Closeted is typically somebody who has not uh, <laughs> talked about that they also find other genders sexually attractive. Okay. And coming out is coming out of the closet, right? Is yeah. actually sharing the attraction yeah. to other genders or, you know, a different spectrum. Yeah. Then maybe the heteronormative idea. Yes. Next. Demisexual. Mm. That's interesting. This is on the asexual spectrum, right? Okay. And this sexual orientation describes individuals who experience sexual attraction only under specific circumstances. Meaning, such as um, such as after building a romantic or emotional relationship with a person. Yeah. So they don't feel any desire to have sex, for example, until they're emotionally and romantically very close and committed. I, yeah, I think a lot of people identify with that sexual terminology for sure. Really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if they're not aware of it, I mean, if you're talking about a lot of close cultures, for example, a lot mm. of it stems from romance or also, I mean, I've met, uh, I've dated a couple of people that were demisexual and interesting. yeah it's but the they emotional. call they call themselves yeah. the oh yeah. interesting yeah. that's how they identify yeah 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 i mean i don't have that but i can yeah. imagine <laughs> sure sure yeah <laughs> but do you think it's more women i mean I, i'm it's not horrible i, I mean sure i don't want to say it like that but i know i know what you mean but i mean i don't know i, I think uh men i'm sure fall into that spectrum i just date women so just talking from my experience but i'm sure there's men that are demisexual but i'm interested to know how also they approach sex when it's like or like how long does it take them to get to that point or what's the prerequisite for them to feel uh, acknowledge in that sense to feel mm. comfortable to yeah. uh, have sex. I'm sure people fall into certain um, phases with that too, right? Sure. Because I've I have talked to a straight cis man before who talked about um, this idea of like casual sex is getting boring, you know, and not being interested in that anymore, and really wanting a deeper connection. So I guess that's similar. Sure. Yeah, but that one I think is like a it's like a hard line, more mm. so than like a shift. And based on their experience, I think yeah, for some people it's like a thing they they live by this more on a regular basis, no matter what point they are in their life. Kind yes, of yeah, interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, next one is fluid. Mm -hmm. This term just refers to your sexuality and that it changes depending on the situation over time. Mm -hmm. Um, then we have gay, right? Mm -hmm. um, a term that describes individuals who experience sexual, romantic, or emotional attraction to people of the same or similar gender. Okay. Then there's something interesting called gray sexual. Gray sexual. Gray sexual. And it's a term that's used to acknowledge the gray area of the sexuality spectrum for people who don't explicitly and exclusively identify as asexual or aromantic. Oh, wow. This okay. is so complicated. <laughs> At I know. this point, you're just like, what? I just like to fuck, so. Yeah. Exactly. We're easy. <laughs> Many people who identify as gray sexual do experience some sexual attraction or desire, yes. but perhaps not at the same level or frequency as those who identify their sexuality as being completely outside of the asexual spectrum. So they're basically 
towards asexuality but still have some urges is this is what we're saying which is kind of like the asexual thing in a way which is which we were talking about earlier like some people that once in a while want to exactly so that's basically that person who sometimes out of the blue maybe surprisingly (laughs) yeah surprise themselves and they're like yeah even though normally they're asexual okay i mean then that's an awkward approach right because then it's like okay i need this now how am i gonna also can i be honest that's just actually need a fucking term something such as a little too much like we are so nuanced at this point (laughs) that yeah i mean but yeah we don't i mean that's just wild i mean yeah. it's a this bit like i'm a veg- i'm a vegetarian but sometimes you know once in a while i crave meat <laughs> yeah that's there's strange. no term for that that's like what a gray gray vegetarian a vegetarian who a gray vegetarian vegetarian I'm so confused. Okay, anyways, I don't, you know, I'm actually all for it. But sometimes, you know, I also think we may be overdoing it. Anyways, let's We like keep to on complicate going. things as humans in general. Uh, very much so. We love to. It's our it's our tendency. Then we have heterosexuality. I don't think I need to explain that. But homosexuality, being attracted to your own gender or a similar gender to yours. Lesbian, a woman who's attracted to a woman okay. or a female identifying and then we have pansexual that's a term that describes individuals who can experience sexual romantic or emotional attraction to any person regardless of gender sex or sexuality which is kind of like fluid in a way it's kind of like gay being similar to homosexual right yeah and i think pansexual is also seems a little bit like queer but really it's more because queer is also an umbrella term but pansexual really means like it's very specific to the person and not to any of the markers, yeah. any of their labels, right? Yes, yes. And then polysexual. <laughs> Where? Mm. What's the difference? A term that describes individuals with a sexual orientation that involves sexual or romantic attraction to people with varying genders. Uh, yes, this is all getting very great for sure. should we just call it all gray Um, all gray so queer is an umbrella term that describes individuals who aren't exclusively heterosexual so there falls everything falls under this term which I think is a very freeing term Um, especially it also includes the fact that we might be fluid and changing so I think it's um, it has a really positive aspect to it Um, it's also been used, though, as a derogatory term, right? Queer, yeah. I so mean, it has some... Ne- yeah. Exactly, yeah. 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 Um, next term is questioning. It just means that you're curious and exploring some aspects of sexuality, but it could also be just questioning in fantasy, right? Okay. Um, questioning romantically, exploring your sexuality or gender. That's all questioning. I mean, anything is pretty, pretty gray space too. <laughs> very, like that's super gray. Like that's oh gray God. to a point of no gray. Oh, if we're talking oh. about sexual spectrum, not life, yeah, it's pretty Seriously. gray. Okay, yeah. so now we have sapiosexual. And- I love that one. That's me I for know. sure. Me too. That's, yeah, a word used to describe those who experience attraction based on intelligence rather than sex or gender. But I think we're just sapiosexual on top of our sexuality. Yes, we. Are. And then there's some people who only are that. That's true. Yeah. 
but I definitely identify as that. Like I cannot, if I'm not intel- intellectually stimulated, I cannot. Same. It's Same. so hard for me. Like, I, I mean, very it. rarely. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> I had my moments. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Last but not least, scoliosexual. And that's a sexual orientation that describes those who are sexually attracted to people with non-cisgender identities, like non-binary, gender, queer, or trans. So if you're only attracted to a non-binary queer person, you're a scoliosexual. Well, it's weird that they use the word scolio because it's always associated with scoliosis, which is not a fun thing. <laughs> so why did they pick scolio out of all the terms? Well, we'll have to look at what it means in um, in Latin. That's our um, glossary. It's pretty extensive. <laughs> very, very. And like all these words are swimming in your head. But I think what we really want to button this with is for you to learn a little bit about the scales, how you place yourself on them, some terms that might help you put into context what you're feeling and what you're attracted to. Yes. And now there's a few tips that we have uh, on how to explore your own sexuality and where you fall on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Playfully, without all, you know, if you don't know what term speaks to you, if you haven't tried it out yet, right? If you are questioning, as one of the terms was proposing, what can you do to find out a little bit more about your own sexuality? That's the goal, essentially. That's the goal. And we have a couple tips for you. Mm -hmm. Number one, dating apps. (laughs) (laughs) Dating apps get a bad rap sometimes, I feel like. But there's something so great about um, being on a dating app because you can explore your sexuality there. True. Right. I think I think there's shame associated with the idea of being blunt or straight up about your sexuality on a dating app. Yeah, I think you can. Yeah. It can help you discover, you know, parts of yourself. There's some dating apps who do that really well. Yes. Um, where you're able to join a couple for a threesome or mm-hmm. begin your own polyamorous relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you want to date a woman for the first time or have a sexual experience. My favorite dating app to explore this parts of ourselves is actually Pure App. Yeah, Pure is a great app. Yeah, we talked about them before. Mm -hmm. And they actually have five sexuality options, right? So you can can mark yourself as hetero, bisexual, gay, lesbian, queer, Mm -hmm. and asexual even. Yes. Pure enables you to do this in kind of a playful and safe and honest way. Uh, so what you do, actually, you get on, go on the app and you write like an ad for what you're looking for, right? And yes. you can play. This is like the cool thing. For example, you could put out there, I'm looking for a woman for me now um, to sext with tonight, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I could just explore how it would be in fantasy life to be with another woman. Absolutely. I think that's the great thing about that app is it's like very specific. It, well, it's not specific, like it supports the idea of casual dating and meetups to explore and be creative and have a thrilling experience that's wild mm-hmm. through uh, just being direct about it. Because some people go on yeah. dating apps because they want to date someone and go out, but they also want to explore certain parts of their sexuality. And it's awkward and it's weird to just go directly into it. So this really helps segue because everybody who's there is seeking one thing or another you know 
I think so. I think it's great to be able to know what you're looking for, like the desire that you have or the kink, right, or whatever, yeah. and being able to go out to explore that specifically, True. especially in the context of looking at your sexuality on a spectrum. Yes. And, yeah. you know, what if I had a fantasy about something and I don't really know where to start in exploring it? And it's kind of searching for a like-minded person mm -hmm. that... Um, can help you do that. And you could do that in a really safe space. I think actually what's fun about that app is like that you can just um, chat with somebody about a king or something, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. not like you have to meet up. No pressure, like no pressure. Yeah. No. And the interface is really cool. I really like the interface. It's very artsy and, and, and easy on the eyes, honestly, and versus the other jarring dating apps out there. So it's... Yeah. It helps and I think, make the experience better. Yeah, and I think... Like you said, I think that being upfront about um, your orientation um, and what you're looking for makes it so much easier to yes. find somebody um, and to explore. Yes, 100%. And, yeah. and, and also you could video chat on it, what yeah, I gather too, which is actually a huge plus because then you don't have to just meet a stranger. You could just actually talk to them. And not a lot of dating apps have that feature of... You could yeah. call someone directly from the app so you could retain your privacy or, you know. I just really think, especially in, in, this, in this day and age, right, mm -hmm. that maybe, you know, fantasies can stay also fantasies, but you can still explore them or at least test things that you want to try out and safely. see how far you want to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, safely, yeah. for sure. And that's important. So the next tip that we have is erotica. <laughs> so reading and listening about your sexual fantasies can help you figure out what really turns you on. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, again, it's a safe space, right? Fictional world of erotica kind of gives you the freedom to explore your fantasies, um, choose a novel that includes your kinks, right? Um, mm -hmm. Or listen to audio erotica and kind of see if these scenarios turn you on. For example, um, a same-sex fantasy, right? Yeah. So it can be really great for that. And it can also improve your relationship with your partner because yes. you can talk to them about fantasies that you actually kind of explored in a fictional realm, you know? True, true. Makes it more exciting for sure to see the subconscious and the conscious meeting in a lot of ways. It's funny, you know, because I yeah. think some things, I even had this experience in my life. Some things I was always like, I don't think I would like this. And then I tried it and I'm like, wow, why did I think, you know, I had so many prejudice about different kinks and, um, you know, behaviors, I guess. But yeah. it was like, oh, if I do that, this, will, this is going to say something about me, who I am as yeah, a person. Yeah. And, Maybe I'm fucked up or whatever. You know, all these fears that we have regarding to our sexual fantasies. Yeah. yeah. Some things just dispelled. You know, I tried them and I was like, oh, it's nothing like I thought it is. <laughs> yeah. And I actually like it. And I don't feel ashamed, nor do I feel, you know, disgusted by it or more the other way around. I felt so playful trying out these fantasies. Absolutely. And, and, and again, like the key here is like the safe environment that you have with your partner and your and in, in, in the exploration where you don't feel judged and you feel received or at least open the other partner open to what you're fantasizing about, because that also yeah. makes it that much better. Yeah. 
And some other fun like fact is that actually um, erotica can reduce your stress and anxiety. True. There's a study that was done in the 70s, actually, that was talking about arousal and the connection to depression, right? Like mm. that arousal could aid depression. Isn't that interesting? Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Yeah. And therefore, reading erotica um, can help you, uh, yeah, with stress. Ease your pain. And negative emotions. Yeah. Excitement. And yeah. And yeah. Arousal is always good as long as you can, you know, don't get blue balls or. Don't, don't get, get blue <laughs> balls. Well, you can always masturbate. But um, exactly. In the terms exactly. of erotica, a little plug my um, ebook. Mm hmm. You can get my ebook, which is full of erotica, and you can fantasize and see which ones you're attracted to. It's so hot. It's such a hot, like, oh, spread. They did such a good job making yeah, it did. into an ebook. Uh, it's beautiful. As I, if it's I can gorgeous. say this about my own book. <laughs> it's gorgeous, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Go and check it out on tillsoflara.com. You can get the ebook now, directly download it onto your device. Yeah, and also it's a great gift too. Like it's a great holiday gift. Yes, you know, please. For your partner, for sure. And you can explore, you know, your sexual spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's actually some gay, gay um, erotica in there too and some kinky yes. erotica. So... It does cover quite a lot of bases. I didn't even think about that, but that's just my sexuality, I guess. That's true. The last tip we have is queer porn. Mm -hmm. It's actually interesting because I was talking to Monk of Twisted Monk. I think I yeah. said this even last week. Mm -hmm. um, he has a company for um, bondage rope, but he was talking about BDSM. Um, and he was saying that queer porn is such a good place to start for people to see others who explore their sexuality kind of freely right mm -hmm. and where there's a lot of communication and one of my favorite platforms for indie and queer porn is pinklabel.tv yeah I, I heard it though i haven't checked them out yeah it's really cool i mean there's obviously there's you can find everything on there, but okay. it's also ethical, meaning the performers are safe and being paid, you know, um, yeah. and there's a lot of different sexuality. So I think if you go and explore a little bit, even with queer porn, you know, I think you can you can see what turns you on yeah. even more so. I like the name of the I like the name of the brand, too. It's it's very friendly and very yeah uh, and even yeah. when it, you go on a website one of the first ones that comes up you know um pansexual public porn that's like a <laughs> you know so people are just um they're just very open to all different kinds of sexualities and to yeah. the spectrum really yeah because yeah queer is definitely a big spectrum and that's great oh, that oh yeah there's an everything for that yeah yeah there's a great there's an outlet for that for sure And now we're going to go to confessions. 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 And today we're going to jump right in. Yeah, we are. It's, it's one of my favorite parts of the show always. Actually. Right. Mm -hmm. So somebody wrote in, I was asked by a couple to be in a threesome MFM. Mm -hmm. However, the man is by curious and I am not. Okay. Great question. Also relevant to this episode, really. For sure. Well, I think you have to kind of establish your boundaries, right? And if you're not curious and then um, having a sexual relation 
to the male part within the threesome, you just have to say that and then see what they come back with, I'm assuming. True. I mean, it's it's a safety, comfortable boundary. And I think it's important to be vocal about it because if the other partner is expecting another male partner to be bisexual, uh, that wouldn't necessarily be a good experience for you. So it's good to be vocal about that and state that because maybe that's a hard limit for them, but it's obviously a hard limit for you, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, don't do anything that you don't want to do. And if, if you're approached, I mean, I was approached once for a threesome that I just didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was friends of mine and I didn't think it would be good for our friendship. So I said, no. That's true. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't think this is going to turn out the way you think. You know, they're a couple. And I was like, I don't think this is going to really work for us. Because I didn't think it was a connection that was open and communicative enough for that to be a good experience. True. So, you know, we all draw out our lines somewhere. And then you should only do what you're comfortable with. Exactly. So, but there's a, you know, the, the reality is that you could be like, hey, listen, that sounds great. I'm just not by curious um, in, at the moment. Um, I'd still be interested, but that's, you know, that's just my boundary. And then my, see what they say. Yeah. I think that's perfectly fine to share. And it's yeah. important to share. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Mm-hmm. Ask play for men with women partners. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the question. <laughs> Ass play for men with women partners? I'm not quite sure if that means ass play on the man or on the girl. I, I sound I like guess on, on the guy. for men on the guy, yeah, by mm-hmm. women partners. Uh, and that's also a big spectrum, too. Yeah, because like, the, anything from a finger to being pegged, I mean, you're yeah. <laughs> yeah. in a fisting. realm of it's a yeah. whole universe. Yeah, F- so much fisting. type of play. Okay. Like. <laughs> uh, well, I think if you're just starting, you know, um, there's obviously, first of all, communicate to your partner. Um, yeah. I've done quite a bit of ass play with guys, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, obviously, I've rimmed guys. I used, I did a prostate massage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used a dildo on one partner. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. I think communication. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you both are comfortable with, right? How you want to explore it? Do you want a toy? Do you want a finger? You need lube. You know, don't forget. I mean, I guess with a finger, you can use spit. Yeah, or coconut oil. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of lube, so I think this is like Mm -hmm. a good good way to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, And rimming is really, I think it's, don't you think that's kind of like the entry drug? (laughs) (laughs) I think think it's the finger mostly, right? I don't think... I think the rimming is still like a little too, then nothing is happening. Let me wait, let me wait. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, I, I mean, I enjoy the finger or you know the mouth also but you know i think mm-hmm. the spectrum is so big and yeah if your partner is comfortable with the idea that's like a huge head start um to explore that and i think start small start with the finger see how that feels uh but definitely make sure it's lubricated it's kind of again it's like an opening that needs lubrication just like a pussy would absolutely and make Absolutely. sure he's clean too, like before you jump. Yeah, into maybe it. you know, maybe shower. take a shower. <laughs> yeah, shower. Make sure you're you're not eating right before it. Oh. 
like keep, keep some space okay. in time. I mean, you can MT. also, you know, use an enema, but um, or that—that's not fun. But yeah, just you know, time it. I guess, <laughs> I guess time it properly. Um, to get messy, it can. Yeah, use a towel for sure. So funny, you know. I had a dream the other day mm. about somebody fingering my butt. <laughs> That's a nice dream. What the fuck? It just came to my mind. How strange. That Anyways, <laughs> just saying. I don't know. Anyways, just it's a, a little dream that could come true for this for this man in particular because he wrote yeah. in. Yeah, just communicate with your partner and go slow and start with you know a, a tongue and a finger and then move yeah. up into Toyland if you if you like. Yeah, if, if that's your thing. Greatest tip for the girl, you know. Um, Start with one finger. You can go on to two later if he likes it. And then when you go inside, you do a come hither motion with your finger about one or two inches in towards his body Mm -hmm. um, inside of him. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where you're going to massage his prostate. Yeah. That's where you're going to hit it. And he'll be able to tell you when you do. Yeah, you'll feel a different sensation altogether. Yeah. Yep. Oh, there's a statement. Mm-hmm. Best sex ever with my dom, but he's so dull personality-wise. I can't give it up, though. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so she's not a sapiosexual. That's not at all, sure. apparently. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Hey, whatever, you know, whatever feels good. Yeah. You go for it. I mean, I mean, he's dull, but I mean, he fulfills that desire unless you're in like in a long-term relationship that would be an issue mm. i would assume but otherwise i mean great good for you keep going at it yeah keep right? going yeah right? have fun and if if it ever becomes too dull or too annoying you end it yeah exactly <laughs> it's okay Life i mean i don't know on. what the relationship is it seems like that's just a pure purely sexual relationship it sounds like yeah yeah if, if obviously if this is your partner i mean i don't know how long you're going to be able to stand that aspect of it but True. You know, True. I mean, I don't want to have a dull partner, even no. if the sex is great. Um, <laughs> okay, last question for today because we've had a long episode. But um, you can have if you can have a threesome with Lou Reed, David Bowie, or Iggy Pop, who would you pick? I'll let you, I'll let you answer that question. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. You you're not gonna. No. Uh, David Bowie. One of the three, David Bowie. Not a mm-hmm. threesome? Oh, okay. oh, I need to pick two? Uh, yeah, I think so. Lou Reed. Lou Reed and David Bowie? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's a very uh, fluid energy sort of threesome, for sure. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe I would do Iggy Pop. No, I can't even. But, I mean, what age, right? When they were young, hopefully? Or, yeah, I mean, or, you know, I mean, Bowie held, held that up pretty good. Lou Reed. You know, they didn't go on for a long time. No. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about this before. It's so I funny. Know. We, what, which, which album are we talking about? You know, like exactly. That, I, mean, I definitely Bowie. want them in their 20s. 20s. Okay. 20s Bowie and Lil Reed. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. I'm done. Could be down. Could be fun. <laughs> Could be down. <laughs> You, <laughs> you're I mean, like, no, I'm, I'm not enjoying, answering this. No, no, this is not my question for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, you guys, it was so amazing yeah, to be at church with you. Thank you, Aquaman, for here. coming on. Thank you so much for having me. 
As always, what a pleasure to pray with you. All the pleasure. Um, all the pleasure, right? That's what we were talking about. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you guys, send us your confessions and your questions. We're here for you. Yes. Please. Let us know where you fall on the sexual spectrum. Yep. We um, want to know. We want to know. And we are going to talk to you next week. See you soon. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for listening to the Pussy Church Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Pure, the shameless dating app. Pure experiences dirty minds. You can find them in the App Store, the Google Play Store, and on IG at the Pure app. If you like today's show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It helps us keep the show going. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that will be amazing too. See you next Sunday.